Welcome to the Backroads Podcast, a podcast for adventures off the beaten path. In this show, I want to empower women to reach their full potential and find strength within themselves, inspiring women to let their true selves shine, feel confident, and embrace the present moment. Through personal travel stories, we will share our growth and passion. Please tune in weekly for up-to-date confessions of like-minded travelers. As your host, I, Josie Arella Sweetman, will help guide you to gain clarity on your path to find what sets your soul on fire. If this podcast resonates and inspires you, hit the subscribe button and share it with a friend. Does goal planning feel like a mystery to you? I've got you with my top five secrets to goal planning. This is what I use when I'm working on a goal. Right now, I'm using this system to build new habits and change my condition tendencies. It's worked for me and many others. I know it will get you feeling inspired to start taking baby steps towards the goals that you are working on. Here are what people who have signed up for the goal planning challenge are saying. Encouragement to challenge myself and go after my dreams. I've changed my mindset and expectations that I have to go back to my old job for a few more months until I can start my new job. I'm finding ways to be excited about that, which is a huge victory compared to the way I was feeling just thinking about this for the last two months. Get my five secrets to goal planning at thebackroadscoaching.com. It's a freebie that I'll give you that will get you crushing your goals in no time. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the Backroads Podcast, where we talk about living life fearlessly off the beaten path. Today on the podcast, I'm so happy to welcome Maddie Munson. Maddie Munson has started her own clothing line. The line is called hopeluxnyc.com is where you can find her. And she is here to talk to us all about abundance, all about goal planning, and how she went about starting this amazing adventure. So Maddie, welcome, and thank you for joining us on the Backrows Podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, I guess a little bit about myself is I was born in Idaho. I grew up in Virginia. I went to college back out in Idaho. I'm 26, and I've lived in New York for two years. I started my brand Hobolux a year ago, and I'm I'm just all about hustling and traveling and following your dreams, and especially now during like unknown times, like just anything is possible, and especially now with work, work and stuff, traveling is possible. Well, thank you for that. Yes, I see your hustle, and that is why I wanted you on this show because it just goes to show that if you go after your dreams and you want it bad enough and you're willing to throw in a little sacrifice and throw in a little hard work, you can accomplish it, and I see you doing that every day when I pull up my Instagram. (laughs) So that's why I wanted you here because you're doing it. Yes, thank you for having me. (laughs) So what helps you stay focused on that dream? Um, so I think that what helps me stay focused is really, uh, thinking about the end goal, which is to be a successful high-end fashion brand and 
thinking about the end goal, but focusing on the small steps that get you towards the goal. So that's, you know, everything from when I wake up or like during the week, I know what my goals are and what my plan is. So almost every day I have things that I have to do. And if I don't do them, then that affects the progress of my brand or like a deal or a contract or even just little things day to day. Now, if I don't do something one day, it will mess up everything. So that really keeps me going and keeps me focused. Uh, When I first started out, it was just the little, like the little things as to waking up and knowing what I wanted Hobo Lux to be like and what I wanted it, what I wanted to do with it. And just having that ambition and that dream kept like keeps me going. Just like the fact that I want it and I don't have it yet. That's just enough to originally keep me going, but now I actually have things to do to, to keep me going. And so, um, I'm sure in the future, I don't know, say like a year from now, what keep, if you were to ask me like what keeps me going, I'd say I'm doing events every day or things every day. If I'm not there, then everything will go wrong. Absolutely. So setting out that long-term goal and then putting short goals in between that you have to accomplish every day in order to get to that end goal. And each time you make it to that end goal, it sounds like you're pushing yourself even further, which is amazing. Yeah, for sure. So would you say that you had to get over limiting beliefs or negative self-talk to get you where you're at? Or have you always had this mindset as I'm just going to get it? So I, so I've kind of always had the mindset. I've always had, I've never really had a negative mindset, but I've had a lot of negative things happen to me. Um, I've been treated negative, negatively, but I'd say I've always had the mindset of like, okay, like, let's go, let's do this. Um, And in the beginning, I had more of the mindset of going to work and saying to myself, like, oh, this is weird. Like, I don't like being told what to do. I can't do this for the rest of my life. I don't like this. Like, so it was that mindset that shifted into, I can make my own rules and I can be my own boss and I'll build my, my own brand and I'll have people work for me rather than me doing all that for someone else. Yeah. So I've, I've always had the kind of mindset of go, like go out. If you want something, go get it. If you want to do, like, if you want change, you have to be the change. Um, and I'm always, I've always just been very motivated and just go, 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 let's do this. And if I want something, then I'll go get it. That is such an amazing quality to have because a lot of people, I think what stops them is thinking that they aren't good enough, that they're somebody else is already doing it. Who am I to show up and do this? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Like I've had times where, um, you know, and I think everyone else, everyone has this where there, there is a time where I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can. And I'd say you know, I take that back, like in the beginning, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know where to start because I didn't have a brand name or anything. So in the beginning, I was like, just unsure. And I was like, I don't know until I met my mentor, Tommy, and he really pushed me. And uh, yeah, it, it was and like, I'll, I have, I'll have like hard days where I'm like, okay, 
I don't know, or in the beginning, I'd go like a month without making content or without making clothing or making any changes to my website, etc. Because I just that that thing is I think it's natural to sometimes be negative sometimes. Yeah, sometimes we do have that negative self-talk, but what it sounds like is even though you've had those like moments where you've felt not like 100, lacking a little motivation, so to speak, it sounds like you found ways to get yourself back up. Can you tell us what gets you back up and gets you motivated and inspired to keep going? Yeah, um, so in the beginning when I've had negative self-talk, it would take me sometimes like up to a month to kind of like get back into it, I, I'd say. But um, in more recently, I've figured out ways where I can reduce that amount of time that I'm sitting there like feeling bad for myself. So what I actually do is I'll, I started writing out lists of, well, a list of my goals. And then um, I do what I call like a manifest list. So I write out, I don't know, say like 10, 10 or 20 things in different categories, a category for career, love, wealth, family, um, like even home or whatever. So each section, I, I'll say like, in my career, I'll get a raise this year. Um, home, like I'll live somewhere like beautiful or whatever it, with hardwood floors. Um, and then like for friendships, I'll find people who, who support me. So I, I found that writing out like what you actually want and you write it down as if you already have it or whatever, exactly what it looks like. Um, and, I, and then I take that and I put it up right next to my bed so that every morning I see it. So I started doing that. And then every time I felt bad about myself, I would look over the list and I actually like started highlight things that became true um, on that list, which I crossed out, like getting a raise or being healthy, you know, starting to run again or just getting outside in nature. So I, I kept that list next to my bed and that every time I feel bad about myself or every time I feel negative, I just look at that list and then I say, okay, here's what I've done. Here's what I've accomplished. So I shouldn't give up now. I should keep going. And that helps me like get back on track to say, okay, I can do this. Like, let's go, let's stop being negative or whatever. Or I take like one a day or two or whatever. If something happens and I'm just upset, then I can say, okay, I'll take one day or two days where I can be sad, sometimes a week or whatever. I'll say, I'll have one week, I won't do anything or whatever, I'll feel sorry for myself. But then once it's over, like I have to get back into it. And then I start like drinking coffee every day. And then I'm like, okay, let's go like back to the grind. And then I like get back into my routine. But every now and then everyone has slip ups and whatnot. So but just having a daily reminder, I think somewhere close to your bed or something that you see every day is really helpful. Absolutely. That has been so helpful for me. I mean, in my room, I have uh, a picture that I drew. I'm not the best artist, but I have a picture that I drew of what I want my future to look like. And it's the pictures like of a house with all the people that I'm going to be able to help by just 
doing the uncomfortable things. And underneath of it, it says, what three things are you grateful for? And every morning I see that every night before I go to bed, I see that. So I'm just always constantly reminding myself of what there is to be thankful for. So essentially that's what you've done to kind of manifest your dreams. And like you said, everybody has hard days and it's just give yourself that grace to have those hard days, but then have an end in mind, have an end in sight of when you're just going to do it no matter what. And that's what you're saying, which I think is so inspiring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's to, if you don't have, you know, if you don't have those goals or if you don't have, you know, certain things, that list of what you're thankful for, if you don't have a reason to wake up every day or to be thankful every day, then it's, it's, I, it's really harder to to do what you want to do and to to not get you know sad or feel empty because it's those things that make you a better person and make you motivated so if you don't have those and if especially if you don't have a reminder of that then it's going to be a little bit more difficult to do what you want to do and manifest your own dreams and everything yes absolutely i I am with that 100%. And I think that just saying those things is going to help so many people to realize like, I too can have this. I just have to do these steps to get there. And so, so your vision, has it grown over time from when you started going to school? Did you always know you were going to end up in NYC or was this, how did that happen? So I was, I went to college in Idaho and I didn't know what I wanted to do until my third year of college. So I had a business degree and a fashion degree, but I was just taking general classes. So I started taking my fashion classes. I learned how to sew. And once I learned how to sew, like, I don't know, maybe after a few classes, I was like, okay, wow, like this is what I want to do. So it was like the sewing part that did it for me because, and um, of course, like in our sewing classes, the teacher was like, make a t-shirt, make a collection. Here's how to have your own fashion line and be a fashion designer. So I was like, okay, I want to be a fashion designer. And then I was like, all right, if I want to be a fashion designer, I have to move to New York City because that's like one of the major fashion capitals in the world. So for the last two or three years of college I told everyone that I was going to move to New York City and they all just kind of like said okay whatever or (laughs) some people didn't believe me some people were like okay Maddie some people laughed at me uh and then it wasn't only that but I try (laughs) I kind of like outdid everyone in my fashion classes like they were making t-shirts and I was making skirts with like LED lights in them. I won the fashion show. My teachers knew that I was going above and beyond and they would actually let me turn in things later than everyone else because I was putting motors and dresses and all that. So once I knew what I wanted to do, I was like, okay, I'm going to be a fashion designer. I'm going to be the best at it in my class. And then I'm going to go to New York. And then if I go to New York, I have to be like a famous fashion designer there because like, why not? That's what I want to do. So why not like go big or go home? And so I ended up moving to New York after college. 
and then I started my own brand. I always knew I think I want. I think I always knew that I wanted to have my own brand. I just didn't know what or how I was going to do it. Um, so I just had it very vague, like, oh, I want to be successful and have my own brand. And then it wasn't until like a year ago or two years ago that I was like, okay, I'll start my own brand and I'll do this this way and this is the how and actually making it happen. So inspiring. And like I said, I love watching it. I love watching your journey. It is super inspiring for me because I know it's not easy. I know it takes hard work. It takes so much courage to put yourself out there in that way. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. Thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) Where do you get all your inspiration for your looks? Um, so, well, I first started out making everything myself. Um, most of my inspiration came and also still comes from like breakups, uh, because I would just get really emotional and I would always just be so dramatic and like dramatic, like my ex-boyfriend like would cheat on me or like something just really dramatic would happen where I would be like, I would have like all of this energy and I didn't know where to put it. So I was a lot of stuff from my first like collection was, and even in college was all about relationships and like how toxic relationships can like kill you and they're bad for you. And just about, yeah, relationships. And then I was kind of like anti, anti men or, or whatever. I was just going to the extreme. Um, but more more lately, it's been like I've been traveling, so I was at the beach. I've been at the beach a lot, so that's why I'm relaunching uh, a bikini line. So my inspiration for that was, you know, like being outside on the beach. And then I think a, a lot of like not my inspiration, but my main message is like just to empower empower women um and you know also men but mainly women just empower women and also just empowering like people are so afraid to like say how they how they feel and stuff and to express their emotions and even like say what they want so my message is just to like empower like say what you want and like go after your goals and like be a hustler be a boss or you know, just be vulnerable and say whatever you feel because just so many people are afraid to even do that. Yeah, absolutely. This has came up, this conversation of saying what you want and being vulnerable has came up in this podcast a few times because people are only seeing the highlights of our lives on social media. And what I love to see is people just getting out there and speaking their truth. And it's not easy at all. But getting out there and saying what you want to say and walking the walk and being who you are and sharing the good and the bad. And it wasn't easy for me either. I didn't always uh, start out by telling my my dark side as well as my light side. Like for the longest time, it was so easy to just put the highlight reel up. But I've been learning in the last few years that it's okay for me to show up and and kind of say what needs to be said, you know, what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking. And so I think that message that you have is very empowering and more people do need to get out there and speak their truth and 
let the world know who they are. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, so that's beautiful. So you were talking about toxic relationships, and I want to talk a little bit about that because, I mean, we've all had them. <laughs> and how were you aware and enough to be able to get out of something that wasn't working for you or serving you? Well, uh, so my first relationship was, I was like 14, and it was like lasted for two years, but I think that's where a lot of the toxicness happened because he was very like controlling and what I would wear. And like, we were in high school and, um, that wasn't too like detrimental to, to myself, but that I think was just like what started everything. Um, and then my second relationship, it wasn't so toxic. Um, at all uh and then my third relationship wasn't um I don't know I think it all kind of stemmed from the high school one because mm -hmm. in high school I dated this guy who's like a few years older and he would like tell me what I could and couldn't wear and he would call me names and then he would also like go to parties which he knew that I wasn't allowed to go to and then he would like talk to other girls and like cheat on me with other girls um, and I had no friends. I didn't talk to anyone because I only hung out with him and I was very like possessive and like, I don't know, just crazy. And I was 14. So I don't know. Mm. I, I, it was very traumatic, I guess. And then, um, it's weird because I thought at the time that that was my most toxic relationship where I got all this ins inspiration, but the, the most toxic one was was my last relationship where uh, basically this this guy was manipulative and narcissistic and it was all kinds of insane. But um, I think like the main takeaway from from this collection that I created, it was very like bloody and gory, and I just wanted to like raise awareness on like toxic relationships can you know like literally kill you like like for example we read about like partners domestic violence partners or whatever people like mental emotional physical abuse uh and then like sometimes people kill their husbands and stuff but like it doesn't just happen in a day it's like no. that toxic relationship built over time so if you stay in a t toxic relationship for for so long then you're just putting yourself at, at risk for that like not death like death is the last thing but um just like losing yourself killing, yeah slowly killing yourself you know mentally physically spiritually like you just I've seen people in in really bad relationships and like I know what it's like and like they're just afraid to leave or they can't leave or you know it becomes like really toxic where they feel like they have to stay with that person, but that person is really treating them like the worst person in the world, but they stay with them. Yeah. So what would you say to somebody who is staying? Because it sounds like you've been able to get away. Yeah. And I use mean, that anger as fuel. I don't know. I like, I, I've, there's so much that I, I could say, but it's really like, of course I'm going to say like, leave them 
seek help with your, your friends and family, like block their number. But there's not a lot that I can say because I know being in that position, it, it really takes more than someone just telling them to get out. It's it takes like so much more work. Yeah, and, like, family get involved. Uh, like if I wanted to really get my friend out of this relationship, I would personally have to kidnap her and <laughs> feed her and like have her live with me and take care of her because at this point she like um like she's let this man control all aspects of her life she has no money or anything so like it can get down to that where it's just like you have nothing you're just you know yeah, so reaching out to family and friends and yeah. the people that care about you and letting you get that self-love back, it sounds like. Letting you get that confidence back to, like you said, empowering women to get that confidence back and to start to embrace and love themselves. And like you said, there's not very much we can do to force people to get out of bad situations other than try to inspire and motivate. And it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing through your collection. And yeah, I think yeah. it's great. Yes. <laughs> so that is, yeah, thank you for sharing that. I know those moments in time aren't easy to relive and they're not easy to talk about. So it is telling that you are being so honest so I appreciate it very much and it's not only you know it's another thing I just want to say is it's not only relationships it's not only like your your significant other it, all, it can also be some you know some friendships that just you you know like your friendships can be toxic as well where someone maybe not a real friend or someone's like screwed you over so much or has done this so it's it's not only relationships but it's also friendships like you never know your friends could be you know toxic for you too if they're always wanting you to like go out and drink or whatever or they're always like kind of saying like hey like let's go do this or like go go out and do this like they could also it could also be toxic for your for your health if, if they're not living a healthy lifestyle if they're not doing what you're doing then essentially hanging out with them is toxic if you're if they're not allowing you to grow as a person. Absolutely. I say you are the, the top five, 10 people you hang around. It's hard to not be the average of that. So yeah. you do, you have to surround yourself with the people that uplift you, the people that empower you, the people that are rooting for you. So how have you overcome some of those imposter syndromes and those like negative habits of like, hanging out with the people that are going out and partying? Like, how have you, like, transitioned yourself from, you know what I mean, hanging out with the people that aren't serving you to, um, like, living well, an uplifting life? I'd say, like, I was partying a lot in college, obviously, but I moved away, so that kind of, once I moved away, I was, I figured out who my real friends were, you yeah. know, the people I still speak to. Um but in New York, it's also a different story because everyone goes out all the time and everyone's also partying. So I went, I didn't have any friends like the first year I moved to New York, but I have had friends and they were kind of short term because I, I quickly realized that they weren't real friends. Um, and it wasn't that they were like 
trying to like get me to go out or do this. It was more like they weren't supporting me in the ways that I would support them. Um, so I just cut them off. I'm like, okay, like goodbye. So I, I did that to like two girls. Um, and then anyone else really, I just kind of have like now, like I just have like a low tolerance. I'm like, okay, like it's going to be a no. So I (laughs) realized like, all right, these are the people that I want to hang out with. These are the people I don't. And then with the people that I don't really want to hang out with, I just kind of like distance myself from them. Um, just because we don't have like the same values and, and whatnot. So it's kind of hard. Um, but I also learned who was like also like my real friends when I, I stopped drinking for like a month, like a year ago. And my friends were like, my real friends were like, okay, like that's really good. And at that point, I, I really just focused on myself and my health. Um, because before any time anyone would ask me to go out, I would, I would automatically like say yes. So now I'm just like, I say no more often and I focus on myself and what I want and what I need. And that's also helped me a ton. And my my real friends, they understand. They're like, okay. They're probably inspired because not very many people can say, I'm not going to drink for a month. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And really stick through and really stick to it. So that is awesome that you made that decision and you stuck through it. So what was surprising about moving from Idaho, you said, to um, New York? How was that experience for you? Um, So when I first moved to New York, I basically moved to New York with two suitcases on a Greyhound bus from Virginia because my mom lives there. So I was at home in Virginia for two months after college. I got a job. I moved out there two weeks later. And at first, it was literally so crazy. Like, I lived in seven different apartments in the in the first year. So that's a lot of moving. I didn't have like a stable home. Um, And then I had like major anxiety because there's just so many people like I would go outside. And I would be like, have anxiety but I didn't know what was happening so my throat felt like it was like closing up and I would be like what's happening like I thought I had to drink water and then I would drink water and it's still the same and so I was like I didn't know what it was but I had anxiety um and then it was just so crazy like I my third home I guess you call it I ended up dating my roommate which as anyone who has common sense knows that you probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> um, but I did. That was crazy. Um, like, he was there for me. We became really close. And it, I, it was kind of bless, blessing in disguise because I had no one. Um, but after a certain time, it, after nine months, it became toxic, of course. And then I finally found my home after the seventh move. And then I now live with, like, four people. I've lived there for a year. Of course, like, I haven't been there in three months. Yeah, so it took a long time to get adjusted to the city and to 
you know, like make friends and whatnot and kind of like figure out the way of the city because it's really fast paced. So it took a long time. Um, my first two fashion jobs I hated. Uh, and then my third job, I still have this job, was like the best job ever. I love my job. But it definitely took a year or two to get kind of settled in and like normal when besides that like the first two like first year and a half was just absolutely like insane and like I was like what am I doing because I was so used to living in Idaho for five years in a small town Moscow Idaho so going from that to New York City I was so overwhelmed and I had no idea what I was doing (laughs) I would get lost everywhere and yeah, it was, it was definitely insane. A learning curve, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you wanted it bad enough because you were, I mean, from going for seven, to living in seven places in a year. Yeah. That, you weren't giving up. No, no. Yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So what perspective do you have now that you look back on this journey of making that big move? Is there something you can look back on and think, like, wow, I did that. Like, what perspective do you have from reliving that a little bit? Um, I mean, you know, I'm kind of the person to never give up. So there's been times where I wanted, I never really wanted to move back home just because, like, I have siblings and I didn't have a room. I don't have a room at home. And, like, I'm the kind of person that I need my own space and I can't live with my parents for more than, I don't know, more than a few months because I'll go crazy. So I never was like, I need to move back home. I wasn't like, I want to go back to Idaho. I want to go back to Virginia. But there definitely were times where I was like, I would cry every morning because I didn't want to go to work because I hated my job. I wasn't making enough money. And so I didn't want to go home. So I didn't know what else like to do. So I was kind of just like lost. So I mean, definitely just like overcoming that, like, that like anxiety and like a little bit of like, sadness and like, fear. So just overcoming that was like, probably, I don't know, like something really big that I've never done before. So just like experiencing it, living it, getting through it, the whole breakup was, was also just a mess. I like lived in a hotel, lived in Airbnb. I would always have to like move my stuff. So just like, I don't know, everything going through all of it is just, I'm just glad that I did because, and honestly, I didn't, there wasn't a point where I I wanted to give up. And even if I did want to, like I couldn't because there wasn't really anywhere for me to like go because I knew if I went home my mom would be like what are you doing get go back there so I just kind of like knew that I had to get through it that is amazing would you say your mom is like your biggest cheerleader is she yeah she is um definitely like my biggest supporter um and like when I was crying every day going to work I would call her and She's like, you just have to get through it. Like, you can't come home. You just got to get through it. It'll be okay. Like, this is your first real job. 
like it's gonna be fine um so yeah I mean like I would literally call her every day all the time so she's definitely like number one but also like I have a ton of siblings I have seven younger siblings so it's like I can't really give up because I want to be like um a role model for them and not give up and like move back home because they'd be like what are you doing (laughs) so yeah so you have that big why it sounds like of yeah why you're doing this you're doing this for so many reasons and that helps propel you forward yeah for sure so that anxiety that you had what would you say helped you get through that because right now with times being so like Um, right now things being like in the twilight zone like everything is so uncertain and up in the air how are you how did you deal with anxiety because I think a lot of people are suffering with that now yeah so I knew like I knew that I had like once you start like feeling like you can't breathe or like the world is ending or whatever um it's really hard like I I went to I went to the doctor and I was like listen I told my doctor, my doctor was like, I'm not going to put you on any medication. Like, we'll see where you're at in a few months. And I didn't want to take, you know, medicine anyway, because I don't believe in medicine or doctors or all that. Um, So I knew that I had anxiety. I knew that I wasn't going to take medicine um, or try to get a prescription for any sort of drug, because in the end, it's not helpful. It, you, you can become addicted or whatever. Um, so I tried to get like tough it out. Um, and it was really hard. Like I threw up every day for two months. Uh, and I don't know, it just kind of, it went away on its own after I think two to three, maybe four months, but it was really hard. But I knew that I, I, I knew that there was nothing I could do. Like I knew that I I wasn't going to do like the medicine route or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I was like, there's nothing that you can do. Um, But I did stop drinking coffee, which helped a lot. And then I tried to do use like natural remedies. And even now, because now and then I'll still get anxiety. I try to use lavender oil or like chew on mints when I get anxiety Um, Because I still get it now sometimes randomly, and sometimes I get it bad. Uh, And, like, of course, when this whole thing happened back in March, I had major anxiety for, I don't know, a week or two. And, I don't know, I just resorted to trying to relax, lavender oil, um, like, just trying to uplift my spirit, like, research positive quotes, um... And just kind of, you know, like going back to the goal list and just like trying not to worry about the present or sorry, trying not to worry about the future or the past, but focusing on the present. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Yeah, because even every now and then I'll still get major anxiety or a little bit of anxiety, but I won't like I won't ever have to rely on a pill, taking a pill or going to the doctor because I think, you know, like stuff like lavender oil or talking to a friend or being with your family or calling your family or just, you know, drinking tea or breathing exercises too really helps. Um, But also trying not to worry, worry about the future or 
like watching the news and stuff like that. Like you can avoid constant negativity and fear by turning off your TV, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes a big difference of stopping that anxiety in its track and just not consuming that content that is making you anxious and making you fearful for the future. And I love that you said breath work because that is what has been my savior. Uh, Meditation, breath work, um, just focusing on your breath, even just for one or two breaths to feel centered, feel in the present moment, just being in your surrounding and actually looking at things in your surrounding will kind of bring you to the present moment and just being able to be aware that you're having that anxiety is I think a wonderful step because then from that awareness, you could choose to reach out. You could choose to focus on your breath. You could choose to do something that is going to be going to help you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So yeah, thank you for sharing that because I know a lot of people right now are definitely dealing with anxiety and I would for sure say, working on focusing on your breath for sure. Um, Just focusing on your body being in the room that you're in and just trying not to focus on the future. Yeah. So have you always been able to, when you go from one failure to another very quickly, or have you had to do certain things to get you from failure to success, failure to success? And are you a person who accepts failure as like a lesson to pivot or are you a person that takes failure other ways? So I'm definitely a person that takes, you know, failure and turns it into opportunity. So a friend of mine, a family friend of mine, Monica, has um, actually introduced the quote to me, obstacles equal opportunity. So, you know, you can think of where we're at right now. The whole world is kind of in an obstacle or whatever you want to call it. But that just means if there's a problem or if there's something happening that you have no control of or say something bad happens, you fail, then that's just another chance for opportunity. So I think that, I think that I've learned to, to that to learn from my failures and turn it into a positive. But I, I think from from this point with my brand and everything, I don't want to say I failed, but I want to say I've been doing things that haven't been, I don't want to say haven't been working, but I've been doing things a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I've seen the outcome of what I'm doing. And so it's not a failure, but I feel like every time I do something for my brand, I'm learning. And you're getting feedback. Yeah, so that's why, like, with my relaunch coming on August 4th, I feel like this is, like, this is taking everything that I've learned from my past collections and my past, like, strategies from what I've been doing with this brand. I feel like I'm taking all of that and I'm throwing half of it away and I'm putting new things in, in 50% of new things into making it hopefully something better. So so I don't want to say I've had failure lately, but I don't know. If you if we start from when I was 14 or 16, I've been fired from every single job that I've ever had until until New York, until like my real jobs. 
Um, so all of that, like, you know, I've been introduced to failure, if you call it. Ever since I was 16, I would be getting fired from my jobs, like, left and right. And as a little kid or a teenager, I was like, I don't care. Failure, like, who cares? I think I've always, like, brushed off failure. I was like, I'm not going to waste time to cry about working at Domino's or working at Hollister or working as I'm 16 years old. Um, or even in college, I've gotten fired from, like, my server jobs. I've literally gotten fired from, I think, all of my jobs except for the one that I have now and the one, my first job from New York. So I don't get upset about failure. I think I take it as a learning thing, as a learning experience. And I put it in all that energy into something new and something better. And I'm always like, if I fail at this or if I get fired from this job, there's always a better opportunity or better situation that comes from this out there. Absolutely. My mother always said to us, one door closes, another will open. If the door doesn't open, there's going to be a window and you will figure it out. You just have to have patience. That's her number one thing that she says to us a hundred times a day is have patience and just keep going, keep moving forward and taking that messy action to get to where you want to go. So that sounds like what you're doing and that's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful that you're looking at your failures and you're saying, you know what, I did it. And now I get to move on and take the lesson from that, what I learned and use it for the next thing, the next journey, the next adventure. Yeah. Which I think a lot of people are so afraid of failure. They think of failure and it like stops them dead in their tracks. So by you just saying that, using that failure and brushing it off as a lesson learned, as some feedback and pivoting and using that information to create something wonderful yeah and I think another thing that kind of was a blessing in disguise was just learning you know I guess learning a failure at a young age like six being 16 years old first job getting fired and then I'm like mom what happened why'd they fire me and she's like it's okay you'll get another job like life goes on, this is, you know, so I think being introduced at failure at such a young age made it more acceptable for me to fail again and again, again, and now I'm like, I've failed so many times that it's not, like, it doesn't phase me, and I'm like, okay with failing. Yeah, it kind of gives you fuel, it sounds like. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. So you were talking about your brand relaunching this amazing swimsuit collection is there any more you want to speak to that I would love to hear like (laughs) yeah um so basically with this relaunch it's the first I want to say it's not well it's the first relaunch and so what this relaunch means is that we're taking Hobo Lux to the next level so basically up until this point I was doing, Hobolux was doing a lot of basic standard stuff to the fact that I was, you know, even making the t-shirts and everything. I was going to the post office. I was doing everything for the brand. Um, But Hobolux Next Level means that I'm the CEO. It's time for me to do my job as a CEO, which is tell other people what to do, build a team, right? Build a network build and find people who want to grow with the brand. And I think that's 
that's going to be the key, key in the success of my relaunch is not me and what I'm doing is the people that I've chosen to work with. So basically, we're relaunching into a higher end, high end swimwear and streetwear brand. So we're we're focusing on the story um, and the brand and the mood as a whole. And that's going to the next level. This is for like hustlers, for rebels, for CEOs, for boss babes, for people who aren't afraid to go out of the line or, you know, and people who want to be motivated and inspired and, you know, like everything we've said in this conversation. Um, And so the main thing with the relaunch is, we're going to have two women's bikinis. We're going to have two men's swim trunks. And then we're going to have uh, like maybe a t-shirt, maybe a hoodie, and then a few other like accessories, like some shoes and um, just like fun little accessories. And this is something like I've never done before. I've never really released a collection this way. So it's very official and it's more like an actual fashion brand launching a collection and it's more, you know, there's more thought that goes into it. There's more marketing, there's more people, pictures, like there's social media game is strong and it's more like you can see the story and see what I'm doing and see the products and it's not just random random stuff that I'm posting on Instagram every day, which is what I was doing before. So it's more professional, the next level rebranding kind of relaunch. That's amazing, girl. Going for your dreams like that is just so inspiring. And I know in my heart that you are going to make it because you, you just don't stop and you keep pivoting and doing the things that sets your soul on fire. And that's what this show, this podcast is for, is for inspiring and speaking your truth. And I am so thankful that you were here to be so honest with our listeners and really tell your story. So thank you. Yes, of course. Thank you for having me. I loved, like, I love helping out people any way I can and motivating people and just telling people that it's okay to follow your dreams and your dreams, you know, if you follow your dreams, you can work hard, you can make them a reality. And that's exactly what I'm doing with my brand. So um, yeah, I never stop. I'll never stop. And I'm really excited. And the more that my brand grows, I hope that the more like help I'll be able to help other people because I love helping other people do what I do or like inspire them to, to follow their own dreams and stuff. Yes, wonderful. So how can our listeners connect with you further? Um, so you can follow the brand at Hobolux on Instagram. And I'm always um, like on the Instagram. I'm active with the Instagram. And we now have a Hobolux VIP club. Um, it's free to join. It's basically just like an email subscription. And with that, we have weekly emails uh, called Months and Mondays. So every Monday, there's an email that goes out kind of saying what we're up to, what we're doing, but also motivational quotes and, well, motivational quotes by me and just kind of like 
it's Monday, like go out there and go get it, get motivated. And for, you know, people, for leaders and people like me who want to do their own thing, it's, it's a VIP club that it's just basically a weekly email that is a little bit of motivation to your inbox and showing what the brand is. Wonderful. And I think we can't have enough inspiration. I think the more inspiration you have in front of you, the better. So that is something that I think people need to go get and where they can they get access to that VIP club. So all you have to do is just follow at Hobo Lux NYC on Instagram and it's H-O-B-O-L-U-X-N-Y-C. All you have to do is shoot us a DM with your email or go to the website and subscribe to the email list. And then once you do that, you're in. Do you have any last words, any last comments to share with our listeners? Um, just, uh, during unknown times, we have so much, I feel like we have so much personal time that we'll never get back. So use this time wisely to hustle and do something you weren't, would never be able to do if you were going to work every day, working, working nine to five at a desk. So just use this time wisely and spend time with your family and, like keep hustling and keep being motivated and focus on your health and your dreams and all of that. Absolutely. This is a perfect time for that. I know it's uncertain and I know it's so scary and fearful, but I do love that, that you're saying like, take this time and do something productive that makes you feel good, whatever that may be. So that's wonderful. Well, Maddie, thank you so much again for being on the Backroads podcast. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. If you like our show, leave us a review. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast. Join us next week where we will talk about more adventures and passion, growth, and resilience. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Backroads podcast with Joseph Urellis Wheatman. shadows living between the lines following the path everybody said was the only one to travel keeping home inside afraid i otherwise might get lost go to pieces and totally unravel working hard to quiet a heart that's aching to be free and is always crying out to me Let's take the back road. Let's see how things go. Let's walk with the tin man, the lion and the scarecrow. Let's leave the city and move to the village. All it takes is a little bit of faith and courage. Let's take the back roads.